It's the Last Stand Podcast. And here's your host, Brian Custer. That's right. The Last Stand, the unfiltered, straight talk from some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment. And today's guest comes from the sport of boxing. He is one of the longest reigning current world champions going on nearly six years now. He is the WBC featherweight champion of the world, known as none other than Mr. Gary Russell. Gary, welcome to The Last Stand. Man, thank you for having me, man. It's definitely a pleasure. It's great to have you on the show. And it's always hard to start one of these off, but certainly condolences to you, condolences to your family on the passing of your younger brother. How is your family, how are you coping? it's difficult. It's definitely difficult, man. My family, uh, they taking it one day at a time. They taking it one day at a time. It's hard because I'm the oldest out of the boys and a lot of it is, a lot of the weight is falling on my shoulder, you know, trying to handle things and get funeral arrangements and stuff like that. So it, it, it's a difficult time, but we're using it as fuel. You know, we our energy is transferable. We just have to find the correct way to be able to manipulate it and utilize it as fuel, you know, and I think that's what we're doing. Is, is, um, has, has his death put any things in perspective for, for you personally? Nah, definitely, man. It's definitely put things in perspective. Um, he, I have six children, you know, um, Five of them that actually lived with me. I had one before I was married. And um, it's just tragic, man, to see that my younger brother left his four-year-old son, his eight-year-old daughter, and his seven-year-old daughter, you know, behind. Mm -hmm. They're royal by blood. They're royal by blood, you know, and I feel like there's no one else for the job, you know, but me and my wife. So I take my hat off to my wife being a woman that she is, you know, for sticking by my side, you know, coming to me and letting me know that she got my back, she got my, she's going to support me, and that she's willing to step up to the table and help me raise my younger brother's children as if they was out, you know, so that means a lot, you know, to have that support system from my wife, so it's hard time, man, it's difficult, man, it got me doing stuff that, um, I really don't want to do. I don't even want to think about it, but I got to deal with it. So we Yeah, to, to lose somebody at the age of 26 is as as young as that young man was has got to be heartbreaking. Um, it, did, was it uh, something? Did he have an underlining health ailment, um, or was this a total shock to the family? I mean, honestly, it was a total shock to the family. Um, it's crazy, man, just the love and energy, you know, that my brother had. He was a naturally happy person, you know. Yeah, he was full of energy. And during the candlelight, we had a candlelight uh, visual for my brother last Saturday, and a lot of people showed up. A lot of people showed up. A lot of people showed up from the area, people I knew, people that I didn't know. Um, different neighborhoods, 
neighborhoods that do not get along with one another at all. You know, they all came together. You know, they was running across people or maybe seeing people that they didn't like or didn't have any odds with, but everybody pressed pause and paid their respect. You know, it was nothing but love, you know, and I wanna just tell the people from the city that I genuinely appreciate, I genuinely appreciate the love and support that y'all came out and showed for my younger brother, as well as to me and my family. You know, tremendous. We, yeah, we really are a product of our environment. You know, um, it helps mold us into the individual in which that we are today. Yeah, I mean, that just shows the love that they obviously have for you and your family. And again, for him to be just 26 and to die uh, yeah. from a heart attack is just tragic. Um, uh, obviously, you know, you're, you're one of the best uh, fighters in the world. And, you know, the last time we saw you in the ring was way back in February. When will we see Gary Russell Jr. back in the ring again? Um, I'm not sure as of yet. You know, uh, I do have to defend my title within a certain time frame. I do know because of this coronavirus, I mean, that they, they put everything in shutdown. We do have a grace period of that, you know. So I'm not as sure. I'm ready to defend my title. Like I say, I'm, I'm, I'm so frustrated. I'm so hurt. I have so many different emotions going on. But I got it all bottled up. And somebody got to get some of this shit. Somebody got to let me get it off my chest. So whoever my next opponent is, it don't matter. It don't matter, man. <laughs> I got to get over. Do you remember, do you remember the last time Gary Russell Jr. fought twice in a year? <sighs> well, I, I really probably don't. I don't remember, man. It's just a list of, it's like a scary movie, man. It's just a list of bodies behind me, man. I just chop them down as they come, you know, come across. But um, I honestly don't remember. I'm ready, though. I'm definitely ready. I'm always training. I'm always in the gym. I'm not training as if I'm getting ready for an actual fight. So my intensity level isn't all the way up. But I always keep my wheels spinning, you know. Uh 2014, uh, last time Gary Russell Jr. fought twice in a year. Let me ask you this. Why is it that uh, it, it seems like then since um, for six years now, we've only seen Gary Russell fight once a year? Man, that's a hell of a question. It's not my reasoning. I've been trying to be in the ring against. I've been calling out everybody who's supposed to be somebody. I think the reason why you only see me compete once a year is because a lot of these fighters, a lot of these managers and promoters don't feel as though it's in their best interest to put their fighter or for their fighter to get in the ring and fight me all together. You know, so maybe that's the case, but it is what it is. I'm one of them, I don't have a lot of wear and tear. I don't get no cuts, no bruises. You don't really see me get hit. You know, uh, I just keep shopping in my tools. They think, I guess, they, I guess people wait, waiting for me to get old or whatever, you know. Like, these guys got good matchmakers. It's a difference. I don't need a good, I don't need a good matchmaker. I can get in the ring with anybody they put across from. I got the skill set and the ability to be able to, to deal with whatever comes my way. A lot of these other guys, they need good matchmakers. Let me ask you, are you satisfied 
fighting once a year? Um, no, I'm not satisfied fighting once a year. I'm not at all satisfied fighting once a year. I would love to be able to compete and display my skill set and my abilities to my fans, to the people that genuinely love the work and the effort that I put in. You know, but I, I play with the cards that's dealt. I don't make a lot of excuses. I don't really whine or complain. You know, we got to lace our boots up a little tighter and just keep pushing. We one of them people that always kind of got it from the mud. Nothing ever came easy for Nothing ever came easy for me and my family. We always had to go and get it. We had to dig deep. We had to get dirty. And it felt like the dirtier that we got, the better the reward was. You know, so stay persistent, stay focused, stay tunneled. I was reading up on on some of your past four fights on and and all of the the write-ups on your past four fights were obviously all victories. They all ended kind of the same way. And, and so I wanted to ask you this. It seems to be a perception that Gary Russell Jr. wants uh, big fights, but is satisfied, it's, they would always say, fighting his mandatories. Is that true? Hell no, nah, that ain't true. Hell no, nah, that's not true. What people fail to realize is, of course I want to I fight. I want to fight these guys that they're supposed to be the best. I've been champion longer than half of these guys or some of these guys have even been a professional fighter, you know? So why not get in the ring with me? I think the sport has been watered down enough. You have people that's participating in the sport of boxing, these YouTubers and et cetera, you know, and these guys are getting in there and they, they making more money than some of these guys that really put their hard work, effort and energy into it. I'm just not, I'm just one of the guys that's not with me. You know, I don't believe in watering the sport down. I believe that the best should fight the best. Um, I would prefer to fight the best as opposed to be in or even around my weight division. I'm willing to fluctuate my uh, my weight to compete against whoever, whenever, wherever, you know. But I refuse to water the sport down. I refuse to water the sport down and fight a complete bum or a, a nobody, somebody that they know that I'm going to beat up on or something like that. If that's the case, I'd rather just fight my mandatories. To the fans and the people that don't know what the mandatories challenges are, these are the next best guy to the champion. The mandatories had to work their way up the rankings within a sanctioning body. You know, they had to beat everybody in order to be the number one contender to challenge the champion for the title, which means the last three or four guys I've been fighting has been the next best guy. Look at the JoJo Diggs. He was a mandatory. He became a world champion by beating Tevin Farmer's ass. Good. You know, um, and it, it was a whitewash when I fought. I made it look easy. You know, and that's no disrespect to JoJo, but that just goes to show you know, of the talent and skill set that, that I've been put up there against by competing against the mandatory challenge. King Tut, he was a hell of a fighter. I would like to see, you know, uh, 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 a Leo Santa Cruz or one of these guys fight a King Tut. Let's see how that fight will turn out. I think it would be a real interesting fight. You know, actually, King Tug beat the guy that Shakur Stevenson 
you know, lost to in the Olymp in, in, in the Olympics. Shakur lost to him in the Olympics and King Tilly beat him in the professionals. You know, so that speaks volumes on the pedigree of the uh, uh the people that I'm competing against. So I refuse to water the sport down and just fight a nobody. So yeah, I would fight a mandatory challenger. I'd rather fight a mandatory challenger than to fight just a random Joe Blow and just knock somebody out. Come on, man. Who who does that? Are are you done at 126? Uh, will we see you next campaigning at 130? It depends. It depends. Like I say, I'm willing to fluctuate. I'm willing to fluctuate anywhere from 126 to 130 to 135. And if anybody got anything slick to say out their mouth in any other weight class, I'm willing to meet them halfway too. That's just what it is. You know. Because yeah, because 130, I mean, you got from from Leo Santa Cruz, Chris Colbert, Shakur Stevenson, Jamal Heron, Carl Frank. I mean, it seems like there's a uh, that that division in 135 all of a sudden has become really high. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to get in the mix, right? With you you can drop the ass in this high grease. It don't matter. It don't matter. It don't matter. Uh, so, at, at this point, man, I I just got a lot on. I got a lot on my shoulders, man. I got a lot on my chest. I got a lot of frustration, man. I got a lot of anger. I got a lot of hurt. I got a lot of stuff that I got. I gotta get off, man. You know, not when I when I think about my younger brother, you know, and, and what was left behind. It's just few. Whenever, I, whenever I'm at home and I get a thought, I just go to the gym. Mm. I don't care if it's two in the morning, three in the morning, four in the morning. I'm gonna get the fuck up and I'm going to the gym. I'm about to go work out real hard. I'm about to grind real hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like. So, so you had some some really public uh, social media beefs with. You know, Leo Santa Cruz, Tank Davis, Devin Haney, Terrence Crawford, uh, and, and and none of these fights came to fruition. And so you you hear boxing fans they say Gary Russell is a guy who just cries wolf. What, what do you say to that? I mean, everybody's entitled to their own opinion, man. They they entitled to think what they want to think. I bet you they won't get in the ring. But just like all these other fighters that I've been calling out. All the people that y'all name, the one thing that's factual was I've been trying to fight every last one of them. Nothing transpired, not because of me, but because of something on their hand. So people got to have a little bit of common sense to stop saying stupid stuff out their mouth. If it was up to Gary Russell Jr., name your next three opponents. You said, this guy next, this guy, this guy. I want Tank off the rip. I want Tank off the rip. Mm. Yeah, I want Tank. I definitely want a Leo. I mean, not Leo. I don't, for real, for real. Leo is still get it. I still get Leo. I still spank Leo. But he ain't he. We're going to scratch him for now because he just, he just loves. We're going to scratch him off the list. So. Tank, definitely, for sure. Um, Lomachenko. 
I definitely probably want him too. I want him next. I want him out of the tank. Fuck that. He can go before tank. It don't matter. Them two. And since Turner said something, I want Turner. I want to challenge myself. I want to challenge myself. I want, you know, I want to strive for excellence, man. Isn't that what your parents always taught you to push yourself to be the best that you could possibly be? Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, so when you into a fighter that want to challenge yourself, to be the best that he can possibly be. How could you have somebody or people out here to speak negative on somebody challenging themselves? That's pretty stupid. <laughs> um, I'd like to go through each one of them because we've had, it seems like all the guys you've had beef with, we've had them on the show. Uh, Devin Haney, uh, recently had David Haney on the show. And I asked him about why he hasn't fought you. And this, I'm quoting Devin Haney. He said, Gary Russell Jr. is cap. You know, obviously the young folks say fake. That's the slang for fake. He just says the craziest expletive is what he used. He's not serious. He's just crazy. Um, your response to Devin Haney. I mean, I don't really respond to Devin Haney for real, for real, because the difference between me and Devin Haney is I'm a real, I'm a fighter. I'm a real fighter. I'm a real man. In most cases, Devin Haney let a lot of his father do a lot of his work for him. So I'm hands-on with a lot of my stuff. But um, as far as that Devin Haney situation goes, that was a fight we was trying to make. We were trying to make that fight before the pandemic even happened. We were trying to make that fight before the pandemic even happened. Before anything came out, and they, they was talking about this, first of all, this bullshit-ass term sheet that they brought out. Before anything came out, I was already on the phone with Bill Haney, with his father, talking to him about trying to make a fight between me and his son, and we could possibly make X amount of dollars. You know, um, I don't know if, it, if they were just writing the media you know, trying to get some more popularity off the media or whatever the situation was. But I was always trying to make the fight happen. And what he was just, wrong with the term sheet that he, they sent? What was the what was the issue? I mean, he, he first of all, he sent, he sent the term sheet, and the term sheet didn't have the zone or matrimony on the term sheet. Basically, he sent me a blank contract. Mm-hmm. Sent me a blank contract. Don't have... First of all, if we're going to fight, I need to know what network we're going to be competing on and who's, who, who's going to be promoting what, what's going on. They sent me a term sheet basically signing here, Gary, sign this paper, and basically I'm going to get back with you. And I'm going to go and holler at them and see if they're going to get on board. Nah, that's not how you do business. That's not how you do business. You're going to do business that way. Not with me. Not with me. So, you know, you got to be a little more thorough. I think with Bill... You know, and even the date that they had, a lot of people don't understand the a lot of these dates that these promoters, the date that Devin Haney put out, I think, what was the date? November something? Yes. It was, no, it was it'll be November. Okay, something like that. Well, a lot of these promoters, they already have their dates, or these networks already have their dates locked in for the entire year. They already have their dates locked in for the entire year. Devin Haney already knew that he was going to be competing on that particular date. He already was in training camp for that particular date, you know. 
So don't try to jump on board and be like, well, let's fight on November 7th. That's a date that y'all already got available. I'm not in We can make this fight for sure. For sure, let's make this fight happen. We need a full, a full eight weeks for camp. I spanked your little ass, you know, but they already had, they was already getting ready to fight Gamble. They was already in a mix of fighting Gamble. I think it was just a media buzz. They was just trying to get some hype or, off, off a name or get some media buzz or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then she just said something like, if if we was to fight, they got to give me two fights. Or I have to fight on their network for two fights. Man, look, we're not doing this, man. We real bosses on our end. It don't work that way. We're going to come over there. We're going to beat your ass. We're going to take this belt. We're going to go the fuck back to where we came from. That's it, that's all. That's it, that's all. And, you know, we, well, we're going to come. We're going we to let you fight. And then after you fight, then you got to give us two fights. Nah, it don't work that way. Either you want to fight or you don't. You First of all, he jumped in. He jumped into some stuff with Terrence Crawford. He ain't even had no business to do with that. I was talking about Terrence Crawford, and he was like, well, fight me for, for the 1.5. Shorty, this is, this is business. With Terrence, it was personal. You know what I'm saying? It was a little, it was a little personal with Terrence. You was business. So since you got talking and running your mouth, cool. I'll fight you for the 1.5. So they sent this bullshit term sheet that says that if we fight, if they if they fight me, I have to fight two times on there. Nah, I don't want none of that. We're going to do one fight. I'm going to spank your ass. I'm going to take the strap, and we can go back over here. You know what I'm saying? Like, it don't work that way. So that's that's pretty much what was going on. And then in the mid in the midst of everything, my father, you know, ended up going to going into the hospital. You know, he had diabetes issues, so it's just been a lot of family and personal stuff that was going on. And then I kind of just fell off the whole the whole thing with that. I, I, it was they was full of games anyway, you know. So I just left it alone. Uh, um, we had Tank Davis on as well, uh, and and I asked him. I said, Hey, look, you know, Tank Dave, uh, Gary Russell has always said he wanted to fight you. And Tank Davis's quote, why would I fight a Gary Russell Jr.? He can't sell out the MGM Harbor. We want opponents who can sell out arenas. He sounds stupid as a mother. First of all, don't Tank supposed to be a superstar or supposed to be a star? He's absolutely. Okay. Was Gamboa a star? Or <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you first, I mean, I, well, I, you know what? Well, I ain't. I'm, 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 I'm one of these intellectual guys, so I ain't gonna ask you that question. I'm just gonna put it out there to the viewers. Gamble ain't no style, but you'll fight a Gamble, but you won't fight a Mr. Gary Russell Jr. You sound like you're making excuses. What do you mean? We would sell out anywhere. D.C., Maryland, Virginia. You pick it. You pick the arena. It was it man. Everybody and their mother and their grandmother be there. Everybody to witness me spank that ass. You know it. Floyd know it. And that let me tell you something. That fight would be really something on the surface. You know, a lot of people would say, "Gary, Tank is too big, too strong." Who cares? Who cares? He fought 
He fought a Leo Santa Cruz that was originally a 122 pounder, realistically. You know what I'm saying? And for that, he moved up to 126 and he did his thing. He did. He became a champion at 26. But he based his whole career off of fighting smaller people, smaller guys. Everybody he's fought has been someone that's been moving up in those weight. That's cool, but they, they don't have the skill set or the intellect behind it. And Leo was a smaller guy that was beating Tank ass if he was going to be realistic about it. He was touching Tank. He, I, I, in my personal opinion, Leo won at least, to be fair, I say Leo won at least four, a clear four of the six rounds that I seen. Clear. I'm talking about crystal clear. Tank was getting gnats on his head and on his eye and everything. I mean, man, matchmakers. Uh, Terrence Crawford, another man we had on uh, the show. And, and when we had him on, it was uh, obviously when your uh, social media uh, post came out about the story and your history between you two. And so, you know, we asked him about it. And Terrence Crawford's uh, reply, quote, Gary Russell Jr. sucker punched me. And then at, at no point did I even fall. People separated us. And if he would get in the ring with me, I would kill him. Um, your response to Terrence Crawford? Live by the sword, you die by the sword. He said, he, if I get in the ring with me, it kill me. That's crazy. Um, Terrence Crawford is not that good of a fighter, peoples. Um, <laughs> he, once again, he's entitled to his own opinion, man. That's cool, but I ain't nobody sucker punch you. I'm 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 gonna ask you now. This now I'm asking you a question. I'm gonna put you on the spot now. Okay. So, in your personal opinion, right? Mm-hmm. What normally happens before, like, if you see two people in the altercation, what normally happens before punches are thrown? I mean, it's, it, you would think they're gonna be in each other's face, chawing, okay. and 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 then some punches will probably be thrown. That's exactly what happened. And the only punch that was thrown was mine. Point blank per. So for somebody to say somebody to sucker punch somebody, first of all, you were the aggressor. You approached me. You walked to me, asked the question, I answered. And then you get aggressive and loud yelling. We all elite fighters up here. We're all elite fighters. You know, we're at the Liberty Training Center. For some training camp, everyone there is elite fighters. Everyone is skilled at combat, you know. And you approaching me in a very, very aggressive manner. I don't know how y'all conduct yourself and where y'all are from, but we from over here. When you within a certain space or get within a certain facility of my bubble, you need to make it real clear that you're not a threat. You're entirely too close to me. And apparently he didn't make it himself clear that he wasn't a threat. So it was my job to alleviate as quick as possible. I'm a warrior. I'm a gladiator. What you expect to happen? You expect not to get punched in the motherfucking face? Stop playing, man. Stop playing. Mm-hmm. It don't work. It don't work that way. So no, it was no sucker punching happening. Ain't no sucker punch happening. They can spin it and say whatever you want. I mean, like I say, he's entitled to his opinion. You know, but we can definitely make the fight happen. I'm a real fighter. Once again, I don't need a matchmaker. 
I'm a real fighter. At the end of the day, I don't care what happens. I'm willing to challenge myself and push myself to be greater. If he wants to be, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, if he want to be that lab rat, you know what I'm saying, test it on, cool beans. I'm right here for it. You know, many consider him pound for pound best fighter in the world. I don't care about the pound for pound list. I don't pay the pound for pound list, no mind. The pound for pound list clearly is not based upon talent. The pound for pound list in my eyes is, is nearly based upon popularity. That's it, that's all. The pound for pound list is not based upon talent. It's nobody in the sport of boxing right now. It's nobody in the sport of boxing right now that brings the stuff that Mr. Gary Russell Jr. brings to the ring. And you can, I can, I mean, I can name them. I mean, you can mention, uh, and, and this is no, no disrespect to none of these fighters, but if they were to take it as a disrespect, then I'm all mine. So it is what it is. But once again, there's no disrespect. You know what I'm saying? Y'all can take it how you want. It's nobody in the sport of boxing right now that's competing that has the skill set and bring what I bring in the ring. Not a Earl Spence, not a Deontay Wilder, not a Danny Jacobs, not a whoever, not a, not a uh, um, Tyson Fury, not a, not, not a none of these guys or whoever's supposed to be elite, not a Javante Tank Davis, not a Leo Santa Cruz, you know, not none of these guys. Not a Sean Porter. I mean, I can keep going down the list. I can keep naming people. Not none of these guys in the sport of boxing. Or what's, what's the little the little young guy, Ryan Garcia, uh, uh, even the Lomachenko, uh, or what's the other dude? Tiafimo. Tiafimo. I don't want to leave nobody out because ain't nobody exempt from this shit that I'm saying right now. Anybody that you can think of in the sport of boxing. Don't none of them bring the skill set in which that I bring in the in the square. And if they was real with themselves, they they if they was real men, they honestly know deep down in their inside, they know what I'm talking about. They don't have the skill set that which I bring. They don't have the IQ. A lot of these guys just get in good shape. They get in good shape, great shape. And they depend on their athleticism. They depend on being stronger or hitting harder, you know. And being able to wear a person down over time because he's just in more shape and I'm strong and I hit hard. They don't have the that actual science down. They don't got that. They can't throw a four, five, six punch combination and then slip two or three, you know, and then come right back and five, three, four more punches precisely. And still be set to catch all five. At any given moment, there's nobody in the sport of boxing that's going to possess that. There's nobody in the sport of boxing that's going to do that. There's nobody in the sport of boxing that even if you don't watch boxing, if you was to watch me fight and watch any of these other fighters fight, you might say, well, this guy probably hit harder or he's bigger, but he's better skilled. It's facts. Mm. There's nobody in the sport of boxing that I could say, have more skills than me. The only upside that you would give up anybody that I just mentioned was that he's bigger and he may be hit hard, but nobody could possibly argue that they have better skill set than me. This is why I don't pay attention to the pound for pound. These guys are popular. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of these guys definitely, definitely do have 
you know, they have to have some sense of skill behind it, you know, from over the years, you know, but it's it's really levels, mm. you know, and that's the reason why a lot of these dudes stay away from it. They try to wait for someone like me to get older or maybe show signs of slowing down or something like that. Um, uh, you mentioned Leo Santa Cruz earlier. You know, listen, when uh, we did his fight with Tank Davis, we asked him ab about you because you guys had certainly been linked uh, for a while. And I, I want to make sure I make this clear. At no point um, did Leo say it was on you, uh, but he did say that he had been presented uh, uh, a fight with uh, Gary Russell Jr., uh, and I assume it was from the Heyman side. And he said, absolutely, let's do it. And he said, after that, he didn't hear anything more. And then they came back to him and said, what about Tank? So he didn't insinuate at all that it was you. But he just said it just went away. So w whatever happened between you you and Leo, why, why did that fight never come to fruition? Hey, say that. Could you repeat what you just say one more time? Sure. So when we talked with Leo Santa Cruz, when he was getting ready to fight Tank Davis, one of the things that we asked him in the fighter meeting was, you've been linked with Gary Russell Jr. for so long. Why have you guys not fought? And he said that at one point, the Heyman people did come to him and say, what about Gary Russell Jr.? And he said, absolutely, let's do it. And Pause oh, right there. If that's the case, that shit never came my way. So if Leo is saying that he said absolutely that's do it then why the fuck didn't it get done because you both because have the same manager right yeah i'm 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 ready to make shit boogie so that's that's the question you know ask the fans what the fans think yeah i mean i don't know because i'm ready to go i've been ready to go see the thing with leo is See, people think, think things were personal. It was never personal with me. It was never personal with me. And, and people was thinking that I, I was going to do something to his father. I was never going to do anything to his father. You know, I was just trying to, to you know, at the end of the day, we're entertainers. It's a form of entertainment. I wasn't going to do anything with creating any harm to his father. You know, I actually respect his father. I mean, I wanted to promoting the fight. Let's make this fight happen. You know, that's it, that's all, you know. So it was never no disrespect, you know, or nothing like that, or it was never personal with Leo. You know, I just think that we, it's, it, I honestly think it's cool because we came up in the amateurs and we was one of the best in the amateurs and now to come up in the professionals and we still right here boogieing. You know, that's what's up. You know, the unfortunate part is he's still near or around my weight class, so. He's still fair game, <laughs> you know, but it's not a person. It's not a person. Well, it, it, I, I assume one thing, and he laughed about it, but I, it must be a little personal for him because I guess you beat him in the amateurs, and he says he wants his he wants his get back. Yeah. <laughs> so it is a little prophecy. It must be personal for him. Uh, my question to you, Gary: At what point did you know you were gifted as a boxer? To be honest. It was when I competed in the Junior Olympics because I never, I never wanted to be a champion. That was never a plan of mine. A lot of these guys, they grew up wanting to be a world champion. I never wanted to. I, I grew up in that era where though I wanted to be an Olympian. 
you know, I wanted to be an Olympian. Like, that was it. So I think I was 14. I was like 14. I was good because I was beating kids in my area. You know, I was beating kids, you know, regionals and stuff like that. I won like the junior tournament. So when I went to the junior Olympics, I'm like, man, it's like the big thing right here. Like, I'm at the Olympics, you know, so. And I won the whole thing. I knocked, I remember this tournament, the junior Olympics, I knocked everybody out in the tournament. So I won the nationals. I won the national junior Olympics. Then we had to compete internationally against guys from out the country, and I knocked everybody out. Well, I stopped everybody. There. It was then when I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm good. I'm good." I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, a lot of the guys that's in the sport of boxing now, they was there. Sean Porter, he was actually my roommate at that tournament. Oh, you know, Sean Porter, he was cool. Uh, Boo Boo, he was at that tournament. Demetrius Andre, mm-hmm. Andrade, they was at the yeah, So it, yeah, it was at the tournament. We had a lot of fun. Um, I, I think one thing I like, uh, you, you, your family's kind of like George Foreman's family because he has a lot of boys, and he named all his boys George. And so your father, obviously the patriarch of the family, and how many brothers do you have? But I thought it was interesting that he named all of you guys. Uh, Gary, tell, tell me why. What was the reasoning behind that? I mean, he got six boys. He had six boys. Um, I don't know. I, I heard that him and my mother, they decided that if we had a girl that my mom could name and it was a boy, he got the name. And I guess he just wanted to keep his name moving. He wanted to keep his name pushing through his children. You know, some people say lack of creativity. I, I tend to beg the difference. I think, you know, a lot of times people fail to realize back in the day before civilization was really civilization, um, we had, people had the concept that if you had a daughter, you couldn't really pass your name on with a girl because if they was to get married, they was to take someone else's name, you know? So when you have a boy, you get to pass your legacy on, you get to pass your name on, you keep your name open. And Five or seen six opportunities to. I think he used them all real wisely. That's cool. Uh, uh, what do you think about these YouTube fighters that have all of a sudden become the rage? We now see Mayweather is going to fight uh, Logan Paul. Are these kind of fights, are they good for the sport? I'm biased. I'm biased because I'm a fighter. Um, I'm unbiased because of the hustle, you know? So it, it's bittersweet. It's bittersweet, you know? Um, I can never, I would never knock somebody else for for trying to make their money, for, 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 for putting food on their baby's plate or on their plates. I can never, I would never try to take from that or knock anything down from that. I just think that me as a fighter, knowing all the hard work, the effort, the energy, you know, that I've honestly put in, you know, watching the blood, the sweat and the tears and the years and years of sacrificing and preparation and just for someone who did none of that work at all. All they did was just sit on YouTube and just make videos and stuff. And then they decided to make a fight. and 
they generate just as much revenue as the people that's putting in this hard work. I don't like that. Mm. I personally don't like it. Mm. So it's bittersweet because I get it. Shit, I mean, I ain't going to knock you for making your money. I understand, you know, but it's definitely always a flip side to that coin. Uh, what about these exhibition fights that we see now with like Mike Tyson and uh, what do you think about those? At first I was with it, but I ain't with this shit, man. I ain't with it, <laughs> I ain't with it man, because they tell, got- Tell me why. Because, man, they, they got this no knock. I heard it was no knockout rule. Can't nobody go for the knockout, this, that. That that once again, man, the sport is being watered down enough. We real gladiators, we real warriors. One of the, you know what I used to really really like about the amateur tournament? They had this thing called the Masters Division. I used to love this shit. I used to love this shit. The Masters Division, and I always won all every tournament. I I, I won every tournament that I competed, except for the silver gloves. That was the only tournament I've never. Every other tournament I fought and I won. I won every tournament. But I will stop and press pause and go and watch the Masters Division. Because it's like these older guys, like they yeah. old, you know what I'm saying? But they give me everything that they had. And I just love the, the, the real warrior mentality, the gladiator spirit, you know? And I feel like they kind of water, they're tainting or watering the sport down by putting these limits or, you know, these rulings and stuff on it. You know, then you got these guys that don't even box at all. They just competing. And now you got world champions competing on their undercard. What the fuck? How disrespectful is that? Wasn't that Devin Haney? <laughs> yeah. Haney, right? Yeah. Devin Haney is fighting on the undercard of a YouTuber. That's disrespectful, Devin. Whether you realize it or not, Charlie. I don't know if your father knows or whatnot, but that's just like disrespect. Real men ain't playing for them shit like that. Gary Russell Jr., for everyone who watches the show, we allow them to submit questions via social media, and they came obviously raining down for you. So uh, let's get right to them. This one comes from Twitter from at Mr. Keels. He says, uh, is unifying at 126 a priority or becoming a title holder at 130? Um, that's a good question. But to be honest with you, I'm going to let the fans in on a little secret. A lot of these fighters don't want to fight me with the title. A lot of these guys that's in the sport of boxing that had the opportunity to compete against me, they did not want to compete against me. Carl Franklin could have competed against me. He didn't. Uh, uh, you know, Santa Cruz had, had years to compete against me. He didn't. Lee Salesby, he had an opportunity to compete against me. He didn't. Shakur Stevenson, he had an opportunity to compete against me. He didn't. You know, so a lot of these guys, you they want normally they want they want the title. They want they want the belt. A lot of these guys don't even want to fight me for the belt. So I feel like it's in my best interest to hold on to whatever leverage I do have. So I will maintain my 126 title. And I do still have the ability to fluctuate my weight from 126 to 135. So even if Terrence, you know what I'm saying, say, what's up, let's boogie. I can meet him up there too. Hmm. 
Uh, this one from Twitter says, how likely is a fight with Tank, and what would that mean for the D.C., DMV, Baltimore area? I don't know how likely it is, man. I want it just as bad as you do. But there's some people out there that don't want this shit just as bad as we want. But it would mean a hell of a lot to the area. It would mean a hell of a lot to the city, to the community. You know, like I say, man, I don't know how Tank is in his area, his community. But in my community, you know what I'm saying, I look out for my people. My people show me love. I show my people love. You know what I'm saying? It's people in my community that will probably never have the opportunity to really make something out of themselves. But I'm one of them individuals that give them hope. I give them a little bit of hope to show that it is somebody, a product of this environment that can get out of this shit as long as you put your mind to something and keep grinding. So it's genuine love. Everybody would come out for that. Everybody would come out for that fight. It'll mean a word. And I mean, a fight is a fight. Anything possible, take. Anything possible. Don't you hear her? Try to get lucky or something, but you got to grow some nuts to do that, y'all. Save Floyd to come make something shake, man. I'm willing this to make it. Uh, this one from Twitter says, what young talent around 126 to 135 has caught your attention? Nothing. Mr. Russell Jr. <laughs> this one uh, from at Daily Boxing on Twitter says, who is on the Gary Russell uh, Jr. hit list? Well, I answered that already. Yeah. And, yeah, I definitely want to tank. I definitely want a Lomachenko. I definitely, you know what I'm saying, the fight materialized uh, with Bud. I fight Bud, too. Shit, I want Bud, too. Do you think uh is do you think Bud will eventually come over to the PBC? It sounds like obviously with him in top rank, that's coming to an end. To be honest with you, I think now this part right here isn't personal because at the end of the day, don't get me wrong. Don't get it twisted. I'm 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 a real man at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying? Men, men turns, we had our disagreement and et cetera. And if he got wrong again, I still punch him at the motherfucker. Realistically speaking, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know where we both came from. You know what I'm saying? We both came from the struggle. We both came from poverty areas, just crime driven, you know, and we are prime examples of two individuals that stayed focused and stayed tunnel vision and stayed, you know what I'm saying, on 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 point, or at least stayed in that right direction. So at the end of the day, I do know he got a family. You know, I do know he got a family, et cetera. You know, I want what's best for our people as a whole. You know, I want what's best for our people as a whole. So it might be better, best for him to probably get out of that situation that he's in with Bob, you know, because he, at the end of the day, you want to do what's best for you and your career because you got a family to take care of. You know what I'm saying? I got a family to take care of. We all do. That's why we're doing this shit. You know, that's what I, it's just a a vicious business, man, a vicious job to be in, you know. But it's an honor to share the field of battle with any of the warriors, any of the fighters. Whether I got something personal with them or, or not, 
we still a part of a certain fraternity that nobody else can get into. It takes a certain type of individual, a certain type of mindset, or a certain type of zeitgeist to even want to participate in some shit like this. You know, so we definitely have to have some sort of similarities than that, you know, even with our disagreements or whatnot. I still want to be his ass. They don't got nothing, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I still want to be that ass, you know, but I understand. I'm a real person. I know he has a family. You know, I have a family. I know at the end of the day, we'll be both doing this for him. You know, and shit, if we were to fight, we both want to make some money for both of our family. You know, why not? Uh, this one from Twitter says, do you feel your talents are going to waste due to inactivity? Hell nah. Hell nah, I stay in the gym. I stay in the gym. Even when I ain't getting ready for a fight, I'm still moving and shit. Look, I've been, I spotted my little brothers not too long ago, man. I worked my little brothers like about three weeks, about a week ago. About a week ago, so nah, man. Nah, inactivity ain't gonna do nothing. For real, for real, this just gave me more time to shopping my tools. Uh, uh, this one from at Johnny U on Twitter. He says, Gary, why do you call out fights you have no intention of fighting? He don't know what he's talking about. Okay, Gary Russell Jr., we've come to the last segment of this show. We call it The Last Stand. I'm going to ask you a series of questions, Gary Russell Jr. I just want the first thing to come to your mind. You ready? I'm ready. Who's got the fastest hands in boxing right now? Gary Russell Jr. <laughs> Gary Russell Jr. aside, who's the baddest man in boxing right now? Gary Russell Jr. <laughs> <laughs> but Gary Russell Jr. aside, who's the That was the first and the second thing, man. I'm sorry, man. I'm just being... <laughs> Okay. Uh, out of all of your younger brothers, which one do you believe will be the next big thing? Ah, which one do I believe will be the next big thing? The next big star. The next big star of boxing. Man, the 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 first one, whoever gets the opportunity to become first will be the one that will be the next big star. Both of my younger brothers have the ability to be stopped. Both of my younger brothers had the skill set, you know, as well as, you know, the tenacity, the aggression, and, you know, and and his match with the poise, you know, um, to actually be a stop. I think that that's based upon whoever gets pushed first, you know, whoever gets gets that that platform first, you know, it is whoever get it first. But both of them got it. Both of them got it. Who is the one fighter that just Gary Russell Jr. cannot stand? Lomachenko. Lomachenko. Mm. Mm, tell me why is that? Why is that? Because he got motherfucking luck. He got a gift. He got a gift. He got a gift. He got a gift. If I was smart, See, you gotta understand, man. That was my first opportunity to compete for a time. It was my first first 
shot at a title. I was willing to do whatever it took to, you know, become a world champion. See, back before, I'm sorry, because I know we make, we're cutting it close. But once again, I never wanted to be a world champion. I always wanted to be an Olympian, you know. So when I didn't get an opportunity to compete in the Olympics, going into the Olympic Games, I was the, I was the, the medal favorite. I already won the bronze medal in the World Games and stuff like that before, so I was one of the medal favorites. And once I didn't get a chance to compete, I felt like all the support and love that I got from everybody else was in vain. Like, I had to make it up to them. And the only way at that point was to become a world champion. That's when I wanted to become a world champion, you know. So, I, I, yeah, that's that's when it was, man. So, yeah, man, I, I had to. I had to make it up to my to my fans by becoming a world champion. And with that Lomachenko fight, the skill that we was making weight on the entire eight weeks of our training camp was wrong. We were five and a half pounds overweight. You know, we were making weight on this particular scale, thinking that we were on weight. And when we get down there and actually have to use the scale, we have to lose five and a half pounds. Ooh. If I was smart, now, once again, I didn't have the information at the time, but um, we lost all that weight in the sauna. Thirty minutes, thirty minutes in the sauna, five minutes out, dry off. Another forty-five minutes in the sauna, back out. You know, dry off for about ten minutes, getting a cold shower, cool your body back down, back in the sauna. And we actually repeated this process until we lost all his weight. Now, I'm a dog at the end of the day. If all else fails, you're gonna have to take me out of my shield. Ain't no quitting, ain't no nothing. But I physically, honestly, just didn't have the energy to do anything in that fight. You know, after the first round, I was completely tired. Yeah, I was completely tired, you know, and I had to, I remember my father saying, man, you don't got no energy. You know, you just got to try to punch when he punches. I ain't had the energy to do anything. And um, we still fought. It was a knockdown in a fight that wasn't called, and it was still a split decision fight. He couldn't even stop. He couldn't even stop me or knock me down at my weakest form. At my weakest form. You know, so people got a false sense of security. And I'm he. that's a fight that I want. You know, not for the fans. This we can be on some Rocky and Apollo Creed shit. Like, don't nobody even gotta see this shit. Strap up and come see me. I just wanna be this day. Just just, just <laughs> for real. Uh very last question. Do you believe Gary Russell Jr. will fight twice in a year before you're done? I hope so. <laughs> that's what the fans that's what the fans want that's what I want you know I mean I love being able to display my skill set you know and all the work effort and sacrifice that I've done and I genuinely like when my fans love the work that I put in you know I mean it, it's an honor to be able to perform in front of the people you know the people that like me and even the people that dislike me. it's still an honor you know what I'm saying you got watch the master at work well, let me just say this. 
it's been an honor uh, that you did this, Gary, and, and especially in light of everything that you and your family is going through. Again, you've got my, my condolences, and I just appreciate you. Uh, I've always appreciated you, and I just appreciate you doing it, my brother. Man, thank you, thank you, thank you, man. I appreciate the love to all the fans, man, that support me, man. Thank y'all to the people that dislike me. I'm cool with that, man. Stay tuned to BW next fight. Your favorite fighter, man. Man, I'm let's. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do on the last stand. We bring you the biggest names in sports, like Gary Russell Jr., the WBC featherweight champion of the world. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next week.